Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Because of coronavirus, people are indoors more, and they're spending, you know, 8, 10 hours a day online just festering in this political commentary, and it's emboldening their beliefs, and they're willing to speak out a little more harshly. My name's Adam Rahuba. I'm 38 years old, and I live in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. A troll is somebody who intentionally provokes anger out of somebody, so yeah, I would say that that would describe me to some degree. I don't think of trolling as inherently good or bad at all. I think that it is a tactic that can be used to good ends or bad ends. When I first got a computer in my house, I was probably 16 or 17. So my friends would come over and we would um, go into AOL or CompuServe chat rooms at the time and say, hey, we are a 13-year-old girl from Pittsburgh who wants to meet up. It was frankly pretty gross how many replies you would get. We would stay at my house across the street safely behind a locked door while standing at the window pointing and laughing and snickering at a guy who had obviously showed up for something pretty gross with an underage kid in his own mind. We probably had a dozen guys end up knocking on the door of the abandoned house across the street. That was probably my first instance of fucking with somebody on the internet, I guess I'd say. If I were to describe my political affiliation, pretty far left, I guess would be a good description. I was um, in between concert promotion jobs, and I was working at a gas station. There was a radio in there that only got AM radio. Susan Fluke says that she must be paid to have sex. What does that make her? And for about six hours a day, I was subjected to Rush Limbaugh, Sean Hannity, and Glenn Beck. It makes you a slut, right? Makes you a prostitute. And I realized that these guys are just lobbing bombs, and that's why their stuff is blowing up and people are believing their bullshit. And I was like, you know what? I could probably do this. So a little bit of the background on the Trayvon's Amendment, Operation Troll, whatever we want to call it. It had been a little bit beyond the Trayvon Martin situation with George Zimmerman murdering him. And I'd seen a lot of gun guys getting just brutally confident and like frighteningly bold online and talking about, hey, this kid had it coming and a bunch of crazy nonsense like that. I was like, you know what? It's time to hit these guys with a bit of nonsense that's going to mess with them. What I did is I created a website, and it was a very over-the-top, very ludicrous website calling for a 28th Amendment to the Constitution that would basically prevent gun ownership nationwide. There was things in there like, if you cannot pass a mental health check as approved by an Obamacare-approved doctor, you throw that in to really dig under the skin, then you can't get a gun. Or um, no American can get a gun until the amount of guns in the country is equal to half the amount of the population. Then you kind of set it and forget it. You maybe make a post about it on Reddit or maybe a Twitter post or two from a new Twitter account. And you just kind of let the right wing take over from there. They spread it for you. It goes viral. One of their bloggers picks it up and sometimes national media covers it. So that was kind of the story of Trayvon's Amendment.
I slapped some ads on that site because of the way ads are targeted. All the ads were about guns. So you have a bunch of angry gun nuts coming to your site, getting mad, and then clicking away on the ad to go look at their new toys. And I ended up making like six grand on that. That's the only one I've ever really made any kind of legitimate money on. I come up with an idea maybe once every six months, once every year, I put it out there and it's better than 50-50. I'd say 75% of what I've done has hit in some way. I've done two Gettysburg hoaxes. The one in 2017, I believe I branded it Burn Confederate Flags Day. And I, I don't know how many people showed up from pictures. It looks like maybe 100, 150. And one guy shot himself in the leg. And when I went back to the well this time, a QAnon person on Twitter picked it up first, which ultimately made its way to Gateway Pundit and lots of right-wing bloggers, and they amplified the message. How has COVID affected um, trolling or pranking? I'd say that with people being online more, because that's the only thing to do right now, especially with this Gettysburg thing, I found it really easy to spread. Um, I don't know if that's a side effect of just people being on the internet and looking for things to be angry about. An account that claimed to be affiliated with Antifa popped up on Facebook and Twitter. It called on people to burn American flags at the cemetery in Gettysburg. The post and many graphics promoting the event were shared hundreds of times online, mostly by people enraged by them. Then two weeks later, the event happened. And with this event in particular, I branded it as a, um, a Gettysburg flag burning against police brutality. And I worded things in such a way that only the dimmest of bulbs could have not thought this to be fake. I included things like Antifa would have artists on hand painting children's faces and that we'd be giving away small flags to kids to burn. That got morphed somehow by the right-wing blogosphere and Twitter sphere to say that there were plans to kill white people. And I assume that helped spread and propagate more of my stuff, which ultimately led to... Are we in agreement that all lives matter? Yeah! USA! I guess five, six hundred people showing up and none of them being involved with flag burning. Lots of them with guns and lots of them with Confederate flags, weirdly. I was camping with my girlfriend. When I came back, the response was much more than I'd ever expected. I was like, this is funny. I don't really worry that any of my operations, tactics, trolls, whatever you want to call them, I really don't worry that those are going to cause unforeseen accidents. I think that if somebody is going to take a gun and go out and shoot somebody or have a rampage, I think that that's already there within them. I think that the person who shoots the weapon is responsible in the end for whatever it is that they do. And if you're going to be drawn to arms by an Antifa face painting in Gettysburg, I think that the problem is on you. What I had done is, um, in addition to setting up a Twitter and a Facebook account for this particular event, I also set up a voicemail phone number where people could call in and leave their comments. And they did. Bunch of fucking gender-confused beta male fucking faggot. Me and the rest of the, my militia buddies will be there. You un-American fucking puke fucking Democrat cocksuckers. I plead the blood of Jesus over your... Uh anti-God, anti-patriotic methods. My name's Steve from Bikers for Trump. We'll be there too. I don't think you'll burn too damn many of them. Motherfuckers. I'm praying to God that it's going to result in a mass shooting incident at your event. 
I think that Antifa stokes such fear in people because they're looking for heroes and villains in every scenario possible. If Trump is the hero, everybody else must be the bad guys. It's God versus the devil. It's Republicans versus Democrats. It's militias versus Antifa. The internet is not what it was in 1996. Our parents are on Facebook, as weird as that is. So it's just become easier to do. There's just a wider audience for, I guess, we'll call it the medium. I think that in the grand scheme of things, trolling is used more for bad than for good. I mean, it, um, in my opinion, it's the reason that Trump is in the White House. I think that his abilities as a Twitter troll have been the only thing that he's been effective at at all. I think that being stuck inside has stoked a little bit of the vitriol, but in the grand scheme of things, I think that it's always been there bubbling just underneath of the surface. I think that people have been looking for a reason to, whether it be, I'm going to take my AR-15 and go stand on the steps to protest haircuts. If you're going to show up to a mass event without a mask, that's on you. I'm going to have to draw the line at my own personal responsibility there. I've been to protests since COVID. I stay about 10 feet away from people. I keep my mask up, and I think that that's a responsible way of going about things. If they don't, that's on them. I don't really worry that any of my uh, operations, tactics, trolls, I really don't worry that those are going to cause unforeseen accidents. I think that if somebody is going to take a gun and go out and shoot somebody or, you know, have a rampage, I think that the person who shoots the weapon is responsible in the end for whatever it is that they do. Do I think that I'm adding to the divisiveness? I do. I also would go a step further and say that I don't think that the divisiveness is a bad thing anymore. I, I don't seek to find common ground with these people. They don't believe that black people deserve rights. They don't believe that trans people exist. When someone is cruel or acts like a bully, you don't stoop to their level. No, our motto is when they go low, we go high. One of the things I've been saying over the last four years is that in 2016, when Michelle Obama said, when they go low, we go high, by being unwilling to get down into the muck and fight with these people, you're letting them stomp all over you.